0: Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson, the long-overdue takeover confirmation of the podcast. It's been 84 years! And I'm joined by the newly employed technical director of the pod, Adam Elliott. You may recognise me from signing Fabian Delph for Everton. And finally, I'm joined by the former owner shifting blame of the podcast to make himself look better, Honestly, it's all Victor Otter's
1: fault, I promise. It's Martin Riley. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm I'm good. I'm very, very good. I've had a lovely Chinese chicken stir-fry for tea, which is always a nice quick meal to do and one I enjoy as well. And I've been keeping myself busy watching some players who have been linked to. So yeah, it's, I enjoy this time of the season. It's fun.
0: Cool. I I don't enjoy this time of the season at all. I get absolutely nothing from it. So I'm glad. I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you your tea sounds lovely as always. So
2: I'm happy, happy about that. Adam, what about you? How are you doing? I'm pretty hungover, mate. I'm not gonna lie. That's my job. Um, I do that. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like this is old school uh, All Stars, aren't we? Vibe because it's it's usually you that does that. But yeah, basically, for people that don't know, I I had like. Two part-time jobs, and recently I've left one to go full-time with the other one. So my leaving do was last night, and I've been really hungover all day. I'm I'm all right now, to be fair. I had a pizza for tea, and that sorted me out a little bit. But yeah, I'm I'm okay now. So don't worry about me too much. I'm not going to be like grumpy Toldo or anything like that. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be fine. But yeah, how how are you Toldo? Did you have for tea as well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm
0: um I'm supposed. To, I'm the the only thing that's annoying me at the moment is I'm supposed to be at the cricket on Saturday, and it looks like it's going to absolutely piss it down. So it's a bit annoying that like cause I, I had tickets at uh, um, Headingley as well for the cricket and that got rained as well. So I'm being a bit annoyed that I bought two tickets and I probably got two of the free rain days of the Ashes. But um, in terms of what I have for tea, I have like a chilli sort of thing, but with like chicken in it. I just call it chilli chicken. It, it does what it, exactly what it says on the tin, but it was lovely. Very much enjoyed it. Delightful. Cool. So we're just going to start by talking about the meetup that we had last weekend. I'd just like to say thank you for everyone that came. It was a great day i'm sure you both would agree um and th- thank you to the guys at um white locks as well because they hosted us for the second year running for our for our meal and it was lovely as always and it would be we have we have to do is i have to ask you martin what you had f- at white locks
1: that that would be fitting yes um i had uh halloumi fries for my starter um which were divine uh they had this really nice um sweet chili dip with them <laughs> which had a good amount of kick to it because I, I like my spice. And then for the main, I had steak and ale pie with chips, and that was amazing as well. You could really taste the ale in in the the gravy on it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed all that I had there. What did you have, Tilda? I had the black pudding scotch
0: egg, which was – I. so I didn't have that last year, but I had to watch Darren – Eat, eat it and I was just envious of him the whole time so I was like I'm definitely having it this year and it, it was good but I think I just hyped it well t- well too much in my head after last year and so it, it was nice but I'm definitely going to have the halloumi fries next year and probably do the same thing with those as well and then uh, for main I had fish and chips and that was very good I had absolutely no
2: complaints, Was was very good. Adam, what what did you have? Um, I had the halloumi fries as well they were obviously delicious and then I had a burger for the main which was fairly good. I think I wanted a pie now like in hindsight, but doesn't matter. And then I had um, some ice cream, so that was pretty good as well. It, it would also be remiss of me to ignore the fact that I think Hostie would get a bit annoyed if we didn't bring up the fact that he completely destroyed us and his team um, during the shuffleboard games. Um, and yeah, he'll, he'll thank me for saying that because it, it was an absolute whitewash. We were annihilated. Um, and then he got swapped at the last minute to the other team because of the stupid like system thing so that was really funny but he will definitely be taking the win there and i did just want to say kind of while i've got both of you because it's important i think for people that maybe don't understand everything that goes on in the background and behind the scenes like this podcast obviously has changed quite a lot in the last year with in terms of like the regular contributors and potters um Toldo someone who's done plenty and he was the one who organized our, our weekend last week and i did it last year but told it this time so big thank you to that uh to you for that and then martin i just wanted to say like without you this podcast wouldn't maybe be in the place it's in right now and you've contributed more to than anyone in the last sort of six seven eight months so really really big thank you to both of you for that and um hopefully we do another meet up next year and hopefully there's an even bigger turnout but yeah i really really enjoyed myself as always
0: yeah thanks adam I appreciate that and i can only echo what you said about martin definitely kept the pod going um in sort of to the, like the turnover of podders that we had Martin was the one that kept us all going and kept us on track even when we didn't want to talk about leads because they were rubbish so yeah, thank you Martin No, not
1: at all um, I've really been enjoying being part of this pod obviously I was a long time listener before I started on the pod and yeah, I just, it's great yeah, <laughs> I'm loving being involved I'm glad that I was able to keep it from going
2: under so to speak yeah, no, it was really, really good, and the meetup was a nice sort of like culmination of, this. Was like a celebration, I guess. And it's always nice to see you all, even though we don't do it that often. So, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. No problem.
0: It was, it was lovely. Cool. So I think we've spoken about food enough now, so we should probably talk about leads as much as I don't really want to. So um, first thing, bit of news: Leeds have appointed Greta Steinson. Hope I've said that correctly to the newly created technical director role. So a bit of background on him. So he was last employed as performance director at Spurs, uh, but prior to this, he was head of recruitment at Everton starting in 2018. And he had previously held positions as technical director at Fleetwood from 2015 to 2018. And he did actually play in English football during, um, during his career, which featured a four year stint for Bolton Wanderers between 2008 and 2012 when they were playing in the Premier League. I actually think I've seen him play then, but I didn't obviously would not have realized at the time. Um, Martin, you got any
1: strong thoughts on this? I think it's just a case of waiting and seeing how we do. Um, because, uh, obviously, it alluded to in the the intro about him signing Fabian Dell for Everton. And in amongst his time at Everton, there was quite a lot of questionable signings in amongst there. And there were some good ones in in, in between that. But I think his time at Everton is quite quite hard to read because... Everton as a club were a bit of a mess during that time. Um, lots of managers, incomings and outgoings. Uh, there was he had someone who was above him as well. I believe he was working with a director of football uh, above him at, at Everton, so it wasn't totally him running the show. And also, I believe their chairman is quite uh, get, tries to get quite involved in transfer incomings and outgoings as well. I believe so. I think there's a lot of thing to judge him on, but I think we just need to wait to see how he does with us and I can't really say much about his time at Fleetwood, although it, it, the season after he came and in at Fleetwood, they did finish fourth, and the season prior to finished fifteenth. so I'm not sure if you can read anything into that, but it's possible he may have had some influence there, but he certainly has moved his, his way through the ranks, uh, going from Fleetwood straight to Everton, and then, and then on to Spurs, so it's clearly must be, people in football must think he's got something about him, so who knows? He, he could well be decent, but he could also be awful. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, for me, it's like
0: I don't, it's a name. I don't really know how to read it. Um, it's more, I don't, I don't know what these new roles mean. Like, obviously, before it was like Victor Orta was like overseeing sort of everything on the football side. And now it's like this new technical director role. And I'm pretty sure there's like other roles that have been created or there might be someone else coming in. Um, so I'm kind of interested. To see if there's any sort of dif- any differences we can see with like how that all fits together, but like you said, I think time will tell on this one. Adam, any other thoughts on this?
2: I think you've kind of alluded to um, uh, Everton Martin, and like that time looks a little bit worrying on paper in terms of the signings. Um, but at the same time, they were kind of a bit of a hierarchical mess. So I wouldn't read too much into it right now. I think the proof will be in the pudding with us. And it does sound like, as you just said, I told her, like, there's going to be a, a bigger network, a bigger team like in that. And as long as it's not too messy and there's not too many ideas, crossing wires and stuff like that, it, it could work out. So I don't really want to judge him until we know who else is in place and, and things like that. But obviously when you saw him being at Everton, it kind of worried you a bit based on some of the signings. <laughs> But like, yeah, people like Ken Wright and all of that, like they uh, they get way too over involved in in stuff as far as we're aware. The managers as well probably had an input and all of that kind of culminates into a bit of a mess. So um let's just see. Let's just see. There's there's probably gonna be at least a few other people joining the, the um hierarchy in that department and we've already got Hammond and we'll have to just see how uh, they get on in the meantime, I guess. Definitely. Uh next thing then,
0: so uh, first signing in in the su- for the summer this in the middle of July. Who would have thought it? So it's um, <laughs> even it was confirmed as our first sign of the summer for seven million plus add-ons, which I think would probably include a sell-on clause. Um, it does, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Martin, I'll come back to you again on this one because I know you've watched a few games this week.
1: Uh, yeah, I watched a few games um, just over the past couple of days, just to sort of see what sort of player he is because I hadn't really recalled watching him in the past. Um, I probably have watched games where he was on the pitch, maybe watched a few Wales games at random, or maybe some Sheffield United games when they were in the Premier League. Um, but I didn't really remember much from that time, so I felt I had to watch a bit more. I watched him um, in the most recent season at Spezia, and he played as a combination of some something of he was playing in the central, midf- uh, central midfield, and other times he was playing as a centre-back on the left in a back three. Um, and that sort of transitional fluidity comes across a lot when you watch him play in a central midfielder. He drops a lot into the left-back or left centre back area when in deep build-up and helps contribute to build-up play, which is something which Farker does like his deepest midfielder to do. So I think that's something which will um, be helpful for Farker, I believe. And also him being capable of playing in multiple positions is always a good thing as well. Um, I think I would probably prefer to see him in central midfielder f- for Fark. Because I think he's more used to playing in a back five as a left hand back, like I said. So, and that's not something which Farker has really ever done. He's usually a back four guy, and I'm not sure if he's quite the guy to use in in a back four. But we'll see. You never know. And I felt physically, he's got a good amount of pace, and he uses this well. And he's good at carrying the ball at pace as well, which is something I like to see. He's quite demanding when he has, when he's not on on the ball, and he's quite. Like wanting the ball all times, really. You can quite see, yeah, that's really good. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah you want a player in centre midfield who wants to be on the ball as much as possible, and he's very vocal both in and out of possession, which is good. And both in and out of possession as well, he scans quite often, especially during um, off the ball phases. His scanning helps him with his positioning to help cut off passing lanes. That's one I did like. You can see that C defender in him, so even when he's in centre midfield, he's quite quite. Cautious of when there is going to be danger, and he can sniff that out quite well. And when he's on the ball, um, he likes to keep it safe most of the time, but he does look for tougher passes when his team are behind to try to progress up the pitch. Um, I think his farthest deepest midfielder does generally keep it safe most of the time. He's more used to recy- recycle the ball and isn't often used progressively, but on occasion especially when the team are behind he will want to he's that player to get put his foot on the ball a bit more and try to find some better, better passing options further up the pitch but he, and I think he is capable of that he just doesn't do it very often I saw that he's capable of receiving the ball with both feet and also passing with both feet so he's, he's someone who should be good um should be pretty press resistant because he's able to pass with both feet which belayed him um and one thing I liked about him off the ball as well, he's got, got a pretty good height to him and he timed his jumps well, which is quite quite helpful. Um, I think should should generate some shots in set pieces, I think. And also when he's trying to win first, second balls in the midfield area, that will help as well. But that's all I saw after the few games that, that I've watched so far. I'm going to watch some more over the next few days, but I'm
2: not sure if Adam has anything to add on that. No, I I like this signing a lot, actually, and I do think he's probably going to be a midfielder. Um, uh, A lot of people have sort of... It was interesting that in his interview, he said he could do either, and he was kind of actually hinting more towards defender, but a lot of people that that seem to know him personally or journalists or whatever have said he's always wanted to be a midfielder. And I think given our lack of depth there and and lack of options and for sure, possibly going to Qatar and things like that or Saudi Arabia or wherever it was... um, it just makes me think that because we just don't have many options that he's probably going to be used there. Um, him and Tyler Adams would obviously for quite a lot of the fan base be a, a pretty good double pivot. In my personal opinion, I would really like a, a more sort of a, a better box-to-box presence next to Ampadu or Adams, preferably Ampadu, to be honest. and And I know that a lot of fans hate that. A few of us are outspoken about this at all stats, aren't we? But Tyler Adams should be a player we should cash in on. And I think that you could sign a a partner to go with Ampadu that could work really, really well as a pairing. He is, like Martin says, just like a a good profile for us to add, not not just in terms of all the technical and physical attributes you've just mentioned there, but also his age as well. And like he's 22, nearly 23, but he's, he's, you know really experienced guy that's played nearly two hundred games in his career already for for such a young age. That's really impressive. And yeah, I just I really, really like the signing. When when I saw the initial reports of about twelve million, I wasn't quite as sure, but now we've got him for seven plus the add ons, it just feels like a, a, a top piece of business that we've got got in the door and um i'm really really happy that that hammond's now made his first signing i guess and hopefully it's long like going to continue like this and these are the sorts of guys we get into the club because well we just need to get moving now you know the season starts in two weeks you probably need another three before then i would say um so it's just really really good to get, get moving like i say and uh I'm
0: very happy with the signing. I think um, a lot of you guys in like who contribute towards that way we were very positive on the signing, and um, even from online, who I, I think has quite a good reading of players as well, he was quite positive as, as well. Um, so it's it's one of those that was like unanimous across the board. I think all a lot of Leeds fans are like very happy with, which is I think is always a good sign. I I don't watch players in pre-season and I've said this in more than enough times so I'll just see what they do on the first game of the season and decide if I hate them or not um, but it does sound positive from what what you guys have said so far so I'm looking forward to seeing him play other transfers then so Mark Rocker is leaving loan. we're also seeing stories we have agreed terms with uh, Nat Phillips from Liverpool and Emmanuel Dennis he's at Forest I believe yep, yep. yep. Um, also seeing more rumours have being in for Joel Pirro but we're put off by the 20 million asking price with only 12, minutes, uh, 12 months left on his contract. Adam, any thoughts on the sort of other transfer business we're doing at the moment?
2: Well, I I kind of touched on foreshore as well, and I would love us to still give him a one year deal. I think it would be a smart option. Just we don't have enough midfielders, so I would do that, especially now Rock has left. Um, to Betty's, obviously. Emmanuel Dem- Dennis is an interesting one because for me, he is. Like obviously he's played as a striker at times in his career, but he is more of like a left wing profile cutting inside. And would I happily have him if we were to sell, say, you know, three or four of our wingers, which is possible, I guess, but I don't think it'll be all of them. I think we might only sell two. So we might not need him. But um a lot of people have obviously been talking about him as a striker and I just don't really get that. I don't think he would be a very good option for us in that role in this system, so I would much rather get someone like Perot. Obviously, that 20 million price is is a little bit too high, and I'd be happy to say pay, like, I think we talked about this last week, but I'd pay maybe like 12, 13, 14 million, and maybe some add-ons, but $20 Twenty million is is a lot of money if, if that's what Swansea are after, and I think they're gonna have a bit of a wake up call when no one's coming in for him, and they probably need to sell him in this window because he's in the last year of his contract. So he probably goes somewhere later on in the window, and maybe it'll be us. Maybe we'll get involved, and I would like us to do that. But um, we kind of need a striker, in soon, don't we? Really, we can't. We can't really go into the season with Bamford as our only like out and out number nine, and no one else. It, bit of a risk in my opinion um but yeah i'm just i'm hoping that more comes to fruition um soon like Carl Darlow, we thought might actually happen but he's obviously going to bournemouth it sounds like now as well so i just we need to start moving in other places in other areas of the team pretty quickly martin you got anything you want to add to that or should we move on to the
1: main
0: topic i'm of the pod? happy
1: to move on from that i think we covered pro quite heavily on last week's episode so yeah
0: good stuff so this week's pod then so i kind sort of hinted at this a a few weeks ago, maybe maybe even a few months ago now, that we were gonna sort of round off the auto review that we did last year, which we did a podcast for, and we also did a a article for in what was our our newsletter back then. So the kind of the format of the pod was that we went through every signing that Le- uh, that Victor Orta made in his time at Leeds United um, and ranked them on their on field success and their value for money, just so we could kind of get an idea of how good Victor Auto was as a director of football. And with his time at Leeds coming to coming to an end, um, just before the end of the season, it feels like quite nice to sort of finish that off and round off that time, his time at Leeds, um, and see what the final analysis of it was really. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go through any players that were that have either left since then or he has signed since then. Um, So, and if you're if you didn't listen to the pod last time, if you're new to the pod. We haven't missed a player. It's just it's on the old podcast. We will li- link to that podcast when we share this one on Twitter. Um, so it's it's. I think it's aged quite well. I don't. I think it's still relevant pod, and I'd definitely encourage you all to go and listen to it. I think um, we were very happy with it when we put it out. Yeah, it was one of the better ones we did that season. I think in general, It was really really good. That one. It's fun. There's the article as well, which we'll I'll put when we share on Twitter as well. Just to, if you prefer that sort of medium. Um, I am going to start first by reading our conclusion from that article, because I think it's quite a good starting point. Our conclusion last time was, a fair reflection of Orta's time at Leeds would be that it is a bit of a mixed bag. He tends to buy a lot of younger players and then sell them at peak age. However, when we've looked at the profit at the end of each season, he hasn't made a profit once. It would be wise to approach this summer's window with caution if Orta is still at the helm, as his track record suggests that he isn't going to hit on all signings. Now, at least we got something right. <laughs> yeah, and um, not to spoil the, the players that will come later in this pod, but I think it, we kind of not to blow our uh, blow ourselves up here, but like we 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 pretty much hit on that. I think I think we've got 31 players in all that um, have either left or been signed since we'd lasted the article or lasted the pod. So we'll go through those one by one. Uh, some of them might be quite a quick update because not a lot's changed, and some of them will need a bit more discussion. But um, We'll go. For, we'll get to them when we do. So the first player, and I've actually, I've the well, the one that did the rating for this. But if you disagree, give give us a shout. So that was Matthias Click, who we all know and love. So he was bought for one point five million, and as I'm sure we're all aware, he left for a free last season, which was very sad. Now the original score we gave him for on field success was a nine, and the um original score we gave him for value for money was ten. And I, when I did the ratings, decided that I was going to stick to those ratings. I don't think last season makes any change in those ratings. I think his on-field success at Leeds was pretty much hit apart from the odd patch where he had a bit of bad form and obviously didn't start very well. But very much key in Bielsa's time at Leeds. um, And for 1.5 million, you can't knock it. So, yep, very much
2: happy to stick with those ratings from last year. If you guys disagree with that, or should we move on to the next player? think i agree with that obviously it would have been nice to have got a small fee for him but it didn't really matter at that point in january and he was also quite old at that point as well so it didn't really matter
1: yeah i agree wholeheartedly as well those ratings are fair um we i think most of us didn't want him to leave when he did and after that i don't even think he was wanting to leave either he was in two minds right up until the end um but yeah matty was a fantastic player for us and i wish him well for what's left of his career
2: Absolutely. I hope he's been in Lewis O'Brien's ear while he's been at DC United. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be
0: good. Uh, Next player then. So I I had to put this on just because of how funny it is. So Lawrence DeBock was still technically a League United player after the podcast last year. So he was signed for a fee also of 1.5 million. So it shows you that you can get some good for your money and some not so good for your money. And later, he has actually left Leeds United now, so he was still there this time last year. And <laughs> the on-field success, original, and the, this rating was done with Darren. I, I did check this. He gave him a zero for on-field success, which... He was very passionate about yeah, it. I, I he was very can't, couldn't disagree with him either. Um, <laughs> and value for money, original, was zero, and I have not changed any of those ratings. I've just put on my comments. Finally left, still dog shit. <laughs> and I'm not even going to come to you with a comment. We're just going to move on to the next player. Adam, you did... Adam
2: Forshaw, Indeed, Um, which I gave a 9-2 before. That's what we had agreed on. And I've kept that as a 9 for on-field success. Um, The only reason you could mark that down is the injuries. But, you know, he's been kind of a key player at times. And, you know, I think back to that, Period where we were absolutely dominant in Bielsa's second season, just before Forshaw got injured, and it was incredible. Him, Phillips, Click, and Pablo all in the same midfield, and we just killed teams and we dominated the ball. Um, you could have knocked that down to an eight, but I've kept it at a nine, and then value for money seven, and I've kept that as a seven because it was a, a decent wedge of cash for the time. But I don't think he's had a real change since, and it, I'm I'm sad he's gone. I wish we'd kind of. I think he still is has a small chance of staying and giving him a new deal, but right now it's like pretty much up in the air whether he's going to or not. There is some talk that he has actually been training with us, as some talk that he was just invited, and we don't really know if he if he was, but I hope he stays, let's put it that way.
1: Martin, any, any disagreements on that one? No, nope, um, I would agree with what Adam said there. Um, on the field, when he was available, he was always steady and reliable, and he was at our best under Bielsa when he was in the team. Because he was one of the few midfield players who would put his foot on the ball and st- steady things when they were getting a bit too chaotic, and that's something which continued even into uh, Jesse J- 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 Marsh's time. He-, he was also one of the few players who could get put his foot on the ball and calm things down when Marsh was with us as well. So, yeah, love the guy. Yep, just
0: a shame he couldn't stay fit, but yeah, definitely agree with you two on that one. Uh, Martin, I'll stay with you then. So, uh, which player have you got now? Uh,
1: Pascal Strauch is the one who. I've got first, and the fee for him was undisclosed, um, so who knows what that was. I can't imagine it would, would have been a lot, because um, Ajax didn't really rate him, did they? So And so he's still with us. And the original on-field success was 8.5. I've dropped that down slightly to a 7. Um, that's purely because he's been having a tough time, to say the least um, in the latter part of this season and also at points in last season as well so I think you have to drop his rating down for Onfield a little bit just because of that, because he was a lot more consistent prior to, to the previous pod I think so I think dropping that down a little bit, but his value for money was originally a 10 and that stays 10 because of how little we paid for him and how well he has done for us at points during when he's been playing and also we'll probably get a decent fee for him compared to what we paid for him which was probably very minimal so yeah i think that can say the same and the on-field success lowers a little bit
2: adam you agree with that i think so yeah obviously we won't get as much money for him now as we would have maybe like a year ago when we first did this pod but i don't think you can knock his value for money for that because you know we have got him for very, very little. Um, shame about the on-field success stuff, but there's like so many factors I think that have impacted that and changing managers, like different positions, centre back. You know, he's played a bit right centre back, even though he's left-footed. He's played left back. He's played in holding midfield. The like there's, there's a lot of reasons why it's maybe like he's not kicked on and progressed in the way we were hoping, which is a shame. But um, I think the right thing to do would now be to sell him probably and make a big, you know, profit on him and and put the funds to good use elsewhere
0: Yep, yeah, I, I agree with those ratings as well and the reasons you've given for them so um i will move on to the next player so it's me up next and i had tyler roberts so he was bought for a fee of 2.5 million and was sold to birmingham um about a month ago i think for 350k so the on-field success originally we had for this was eight and that that does feel higher to me but i'm sure i had we had reasons for it at the time we all we've we did it. We went through the process. We still kept it as eight, so I'm I'm not even going to dispute that one. I'm sure we had our reasons for it. So I've got no reason to change it either. Then, uh, so I kept it as an eight. Value for money uh, was an eight, and the reason I've, I've dropped this to a seven. Uh, so the eight was the old rating, seven is the new rating because I think when I put the reasoning for this last time was we were expecting a profit from him if we sold him, which obviously we now know hasn't come. But I think for I think for his output and like a pretty minimal fee I think it's a decent output so I'd, I'd, I'd keep it as a 7 I'm, I could p- perhaps be convinced to go a little bit lower on it but it definitely needed a drop so um, either of you guys got any opinion on those ratings? Nope all good for me yeah I think
2: I agree it's just that the on-field success does feel a tiny bit high from our original but I can't remember exactly what we said it might have been to do with the fact that he could play a couple of positions and um, even though he wasn't always fit and and he had like certain issues in terms of like Output and and goals and assists and all of that decision making stuff. I think because he can play a couple of positions, he was he was pretty useful and definitely as a striker, he should have been used more. Yeah, I think I think
0: the p- part of it was one out like he was pretty was like I thought he was very good. I was a massive fan of him in Bielsa's first year, and like I think he was he played quite a lot of games which people forget. And if, also with with these ratings, it's not like oh Tyler Roberts is an eight out of ten player, and like Adam Fortress, is an eight. It's like it's relative to their player. To, the, to each player so like don't think that we're if you listen and we're like oh Tyler Roberts is really good it's like well no it's like 8 out of 10 for Tyler Roberts it's not the same as a 8 out of 10 would be for Rafinha for example but yeah so happy to stick with those ratings so I will move on to you Adam and the next player uh Leif
2: Davis um I gave him we gave him a 4 for on field success and I kept that the same I don't think he played another game for us since that podcast so he can't go up if he did he might have played like 1 or 2 um and then value for money we gave him a 7 because he signed for 1 million Um, uh, no he wasn't signed for 1 million he was signed for less than that and we sold him for 1 million and I upped that to 8 out of 10 now because we sold him for more money obviously some people will now say he's worth quite a lot more than that with it because he's really really kicked on he's done brilliantly got in the league one team of the season all of that um, which is a shame for us but at the same time like we made money on a player that was just not really doing much so (laughs) it didn't really matter and, and I'm happy that we made a small profit that's good yeah, I I agree with you on that, Adam. And Martin, you got
0: anything to no, add? No, nothing to add. Good stuff. Uh, stick with you then, Martin, who's your next player? Patrick
1: Bamford is my next player, a player who is dear to my heart. Um, we signed him for 7 million, and obviously he's still with us. The original on-field success was a 9, and because of his injury issues over the past few seasons, I've dropped that to slightly down to an 8, Um, which is fair, I think. And the value for money was nine, and I've kept that the same as a nine, Um, because even despite the injury concerns, I think he's contributed enough for the fee that we paid from already, so I feel that is a fair fee to pay, and I still think he has a part to play, so I think there's still more to come from him. I think he can be effective this season if we use him in the correct way, not as a player who we should, should be relying on, but I still think he's going to be effective for us this season in his own way. And yeah, so... Dropping the on-field success from a nine to an eight, and keeping the value of money for a nine.
2: Adam, you agree with that? I think so. It's a shame with him because I think at, at the point where he just scored seventeen Premier League goals, that value for money could have easily been a a ten if we'd then sold him that summer. Because I think you'd have been talking sort of twenty five, thirty million, and like as a minimum, um, based on how good he'd been. Obviously, since then he's had two injury hit campaigns. His confidence been affected. He sort of came, seems to be coming back from an injury playing for a bit and then getting injured again, and it's just sort of stop-start, that doesn't help. Um, so I think I agree with Martin's on-field success um, rating going down by one for that reason. Um, yeah, um, it's it's just a massive shame with him because I, I really love him as well, but uh, his his value in terms of to us as a player has probably diminished somewhat. I think he is a little bit broken now, unfortunately, and it hurts me to say that, but it's true.
0: Yep. next player then, so... Um... This wasn't assigned to anyone. I just did it because it's Kiko Casilla, everyone's favourite goalkeeper, um, bought for a free and has finally left. Thankfully, he went for a free, so I've not changed the ratings on this one. It was a uh, on-field success of a two and a value for money of a three. So uh, nothing's changed. So I'm going to move on to the next player I had as well, which was um, Ian Pavard. Um, sorry, before we start going to Paveda, I'm just going to say that we've um, when we did the previous. Pod, an article we did like a review of the the uh, seasons at the end like an overall rating an average rating and stuff like the profits sold. Um, I will put these together once we've agreed on the final ratings and put like a thread out on Twitter. I think from the All Allstats only account just so we can see what the final summary was of different seasons and the profit or loss just so we can get a a good picture overall. Um, so yeah, we've done the 1718 season and that was the last signing from the 1819 season. So there was. The next one is the only signing that we need to talk about from the nineteen twenty season um, that was still at the club. So it's Ian Pervader. Uh He's bought for a free, and because he's um, he hasn't played since he since the uh, we did the article or the pod, I've kept the on field success at a five and the value for money at a seven. I've um, I've seen shouts for Perveda being like a potentially player that might actually get involved
2: this year. Was that from either of you or was that from someone else? there's just been quite a lot of talk about it in general and um, there's a possibility he obviously played against Man United in the friendly not that you should read too much into that but obviously there's there's a world where he could be like the fourth choice winger. I think they were talking about on the um, Inside Ellen Road one as well and they were talking about that on that podcast and maybe maybe he does maybe he becomes the fourth choice winger if we sell quite a few of them and we don't feel the need to, to replace them but I wouldn't particularly be loving Ian Perveder and Dan James as our backup wingers let's put it that way what about the ratings then? So, Martin, you, you happy with those ratings?
1: Nope, yep, that does sound fine to me.
0: Move on to the next one then. So, we're on the signings that are still relevant from the 2020-2021 season now, which I forgot how much of a mouthful that was until
2: I've sad to say that. <laughs> um. So, Adam, you're you're up. Uh, I had Helder Costa, who's still technically with us, but he's obviously gone on a couple of loans now. He was signed for an undisclosed fee, but I believe it was around maybe like... 15, 16 million in total, including the loan fee. Um we gave him on field success rating of a six, probably because we were expecting more. He's not played for us for ages, so he's still at a six. Um, value for money we gave a 5 but since then he's obviously like run down his contract and he's a little bit older and he's not really done that well in his loans so I've actually knocked that down to a 4 because I think we're going to make a bit less money on him than we thought we might we still might make nothing on him this summer I wouldn't be surprised if he headed out on another loan and then just left for free at the end of the season something like that could happen or he will get like a tiny fee to sort of buy him out of his contract at this point which is a a bit of a shame we've not made maybe as much as we thought we would but that's the only reason and I've knocked it down by one. Do you agree with that, Martin? Yeah, I, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, I enjoyed Costa when he, when he was playing
1: for us, especially in the promotion-winning championship season. And he was also effective for the start of the Premier League season as well. He just was never the same once Rafinha came in and to be fair. (laughs) Who would be the same when a player comes in? No one was. (laughs) Leeds United wasn't either. (laughs) Uh, If someone comes in and can immediately do your job to a much better level, it's going to affect you, isn't it? So yeah, um, he was never the same after Rafinha joined.
0: Yep, agree with all that. Uh, Martin, then next player, so Ian Mellier. Yeah,
1: Mellier. Um, the original um, fee we paid was undisclosed, but I don't believe it was much. I, I want to say it's less. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a, at most five million, so it's not a very high fee. And so f- because of that, we've g- given him a ten for value of money, which is is quite high. But considering how much he's played for us and that small small fee. And he was extremely good in the first season. I can't forget that. So, yeah, I think 10s are fair, and I kept that at a 10. And then the on-field success, I did drop um, from – it was originally a 9. I dropped that down to a 7, so I got two, two markings down. And that's mainly because of this most recent season where he has had a few errors which were on him, and they affected his confidence, and I think they snowballed a bit. And then he ended up being pulled out of the team by Big Sam, um, so, yeah, I, I think we have to drop it down a little bit. I still love, love Mellier, and I would like him to stick around, but it does seem like we are looking to move him on. Who ends up taking him is another story altogether. Though. I'm not sure who will be in for him as a number one keeper.
0: Adam, do you give those ratings?
2: Yeah, I do. I think that's pretty much spot on. It's just we would still make a lot of money on him if we were to sell him, just not as much as it, it could have been, but it's still very fair score. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be tempted to pump up the onfield so sex like, like a little bit. I think he's I think
0: he's had what two full seasons of being very good and he was good when he came in the championship as well. And I know he's been very bad this year, but so I would I'd personally say it was a little harsh to drop it, but I'm quite happy sticking with a seven. And, um so yeah, there's there's not much it would be like a seven and a half, if anything. But I'm happy to stick with what you've gone with, Martin. Um I'm up next then, so Joe Geldhart, so signed for an undisclosed. Does anyone know what sort of fee that was?
2: It was barely anything. It was under a million because Wigan were in a oh, yeah. lot of issues. I think it was nine hundred thousand. So yeah, nothing. Yeah. Um, so originally we had his
0: on-field successes a seven. I've um, I've knocked that down to a six point five because I think the first half of last year, and I don't know if it was just he wasn't in favour of Marsh, uh, but he just like I was expecting him to kick on, and I think he he potentially regressed if anything. Um, so I would say a half a point down. I'm still very much excited to see him play this year. If um, hopefully he gets quite a bit of game time, and value for money was a ten because I've, I've knocked that down to a nine. But like when I've heard the fee, I actually think I'd probably just put that back up to a ten. I'm disagreeing with myself here. Um, <laughs> so what about you guys? Would you say
2: put that back up to a ten or or stick? Probably because. Um- but it kind of a remains to be seen on, on both these scores this season. I think it I mean this is a really key season for him. Um if he kicks on, he could be like a a big player for us starting. Um he'd also be worth a lot more. So the like, value money score would be d- d- very justified at a ten. Right now, you could maybe argue a nine, maybe a nine point five. Like it, but I would probably keep it at a ten. Cool. Let's go with ten then. If you're happy with that,
1: yeah, I'm happy keeping it at a ten with how minimal the fee was there and he has still got potential to be sold on for a fair bit more than what he's signed for, so I think at this moment his stock is still reasonably high. So I think ten reasonable. Yeah, I
0: think if it, even if we sold him now, I think we'd, st- we'd still make a pretty decent profit on him, wouldn't we? You'd think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, back up to a ten for Joe Geldhart then. Um. Adam, this is a tough one. I think that you've got next.
2: Uh, Cody Drame, um, I've kept his on-field success so far as a four because for us, he only played a few more games last season and then obviously headed out on loan. I've actually upped the um, score for his value for money. I don't think he was signed for very much, but I can't remember it was an undisclosed fee. It can't have been more than like a million, million and a half, something like that. It might have even been less, it Might have been like 500,000. I can't remember mine. You might be able to tell me, but I don't actually know. Um, I've I've upped it to a nine because basically how he's kicked on for other teams probably have upped his value, even though he's now in the last year of his deal. I think we'd, we'd be able to make quite a bit of money on him if we did sell him. Um, and I've kind of said that let's let's hope this on-field su- success score goes up now. Obviously, we're never going to do this pod again, but like hopefully in a year if we were to look at this again, hopefully that score would be way up and he is our starting right back next season, which obviously help his valuation as well. Yeah, Martin, do you agree with yeah, that?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think Cody's got potential to be sold on for quite a lot more than what We signed him for, so I think it's only fair to up that um, the value for money part. And I would expect him to do wonders in increasing his on field success score as well if he does stay with us, which does seem likely. I think Luton are looking at other right back targets now
2: out there, so yeah. It sounds like it. They've agreed, as we speak today, like a loan deal for Cabore, who's a right back from Manchester City. So, hopefully, that's the end of the code. Fingers story. crossed, we keep him, and he does very well for us because I'm quite excited about him, and he's
1: got a good chance of doing doing very well for Farker.
0: Yeah, the, 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 that on field, uh, sorry, that value for money score is like, I, can, I can see that being a nine. I think it's one of those that if you, you could potentially review it in a year, if you left for a free, and you'd be like, that's not a nine. Um, but at the, I get at the moment. Yeah, the, the success he's had elsewhere would definitely push him up to a nine. Um, but yeah, which one definitely. It's a big season for him. We'll, we'll see what happens. I hope it's a su- success. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Next one then. So Martin, I think this is another difficult one to assess.
1: Yeah, it was a difficult one. Uh, Rodrigo. Um, signed for 26 million and ended up leaving for 3 million. And obviously the caveat with that is it was a clause which was in his deal. Um, So I think that part of it was kind of out of our hands. Well, it was in Vitorata's hands, not to put that clause in the deal to start with, but that's something else totally. So the um, value for money I put up slightly from a three to a four, and that's purely because he had um, a very good season in front of goal this year and scored a lot of goals. So that I think that helped to um, up his value for money a little bit more because the first few seasons, I don't think we really used him in the right way. And I think he wasn't the right player to bring in at the start with either, in my opinion. He wasn't the player which would have been good, I think, if it were between him and Ollie Watkins at the time. I think Watkins would definitely been in a better signing for, the, for, the, for that price and we would have had more chance of selling Watkins on for more than what we'd signed for him. And the on-field success, I put up, up from a six originally to a seven, again down to how effective he was in front of goal last season. And, yeah, I, I was sad to see Rodrigo go. Um You could tell he had a lot of passion for the club, and that showed through in mainly his celebrations. I <laughs> absolutely loved his celebrations, and he scored a lot of good goals for us last year. So, yeah, Um I think that's fair. Up in the on field from a six to a seven and the value for money from a three to a four. I'm not sure if if you disagree with that. It's a hard one for me to judge that.
2: Adam? I agree with the on field success score. I think that has to go up based on last season. I still disagree on the value for money because he's just been sold for three million and he was a record signing. He never really fit into any role or system that well. Even last season, he didn't really. He was just like, he just found this scoring streak this hot streak in front of goal and he was just confident I, I would keep that at a three but that's the only thing I would disagree with because yeah he definitely had his best season last season you could probably up the on-field success thing because of that but it is quite a difficult one this one to determine
0: I would agree with Adam actually um, I'm ha- I'm happy with the seven for the on-field success I think he was very important last year uh, that scored a lot of goals but I think yeah you've just sold a player that didn't really f- you paid 26 million for didn't fit for most of the time at Leeds and you sold him for three million. When considering his last season, he should he should have been a a pretty decent value. Um. So I, I would be tempted if anything to to drop from a three, perhaps to a two point five. But I think yeah yeah. But so I mean, Martin said four. I've said a drop. You've said three, Adam. So I'm i gonna suggest as a as middle ground. We we just keep it at three. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with keeping it at a free. I wasn't sure on that rating to, to begin with anyway, but yeah. It's a it's a difficult one to assess, isn't it? Because it's like the success has gone up, the value's gone up, the money come in bad. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, exactly. He it, he gave us a fighting chance as so you have to put this the like on field success score up because he was the only player really it maybe if Sinister had been fit, but the only player really that was scoring goals that were giving us a proper chance. Yep. Uh I'm up next then, so next player is Robin
0: Cock. Who was an undisclosed fee, but i put thirteen in a question um question marks because I think that's what what he got with uh, the what we bought him for. So he was later sold for a few weeks ago for a loan. And I kind not put loan question marks I'm like I don't know if that's at like, the, the end of the story of Robin Cock Leeds United. He's in the
2: last year. It of definitely deals, is so the it end is of the story.
0: You know. so that's even worse. Then I could probably put those ratings down. Um, on field success then so six out of ten originally, which definitely maybe he's like probably the most average player going um and i've dropped that to 5.5 because i think he was fairly poor last year but like not horrifically poor which is i guess he's like he's he wasn't the most poor player in the team which is not saying a lot really and uh value for money so we had him as a seven originally i think we kind of still thought we could get a decent amount of money for him if we sold him on which was probably true um and if we say like he had two years after the deal, it would still be true, but i have dropped that to a five, and I'd even be tempted to drop that to a four, finding out that he's out of contract next summer, uh, because we're not going to make a profit on him, and he's been pretty average for what we paid for him. So I'm
1: going to suggest we put that to a four, To um, depend on what you guys think. I disagree on the um, value for money thing, because we've got quite a lot of game time out of him. Um, I think for, for the money that we paid, for a 13 million, that's not really... A high amount for Premier League level centre back, and I think for most of the time he's—I've he's been average. He's never really had a spell of games where he's been awful, in my opinion. He's had games where he's made made the odd mistake, but then that hasn't compounded him and he hasn't slightly affected him in games after that, like we saw with Strouk. So I think dropping it from a seven to a five is maybe a little bit too much. Had maybe go somewhere in between there to a six. Value for the value money, but that's that's just me, and so that's purely because of the amount of time that we've got on him. And yeah, but it's definitely since we're not getting anything from from him leaving. You can so I can see why you have lots of it. Adam,
2: job. what about you? I, I I guess I'm the deciding vote. Then I I would say five is fine, especially because we basically got like a loan fee, and Phil didn't even say like how much that was. He, he he wasn't aware. Like he just said it was a a small loan fee or whatever. So it it's annoying because he definitely. Could have been a play we got a little bit for and we didn't, so that's why I kind of agree with dropping it to a five. But yeah, I I, I think that that's fine. I don't think we need to change that. That's cool. cool. Mate. Unfortunately, you're
0: outnumbered, Martin. Sorry. That's
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next player, then. So Adam, you're up. Yeah, this was a little bit difficult as well. Um, I'm actually uh, kind of disagreeing with myself already reading it on screen. Um, I've I had Crescencio Somerville who was signed uh, for an undisclosed fee. It was probably like only a a small, I can't remember again what it was, but probably like a million or something like that. It wasn't very much. Um, We originally gave his on-field success a five, but last season was his breakout season. So I guess you kind of have to give him a higher rating for that. I ended up landing on a seven. I think that's pretty fair, like maybe a 7.5. He's he's been good and kicked on quite a lot. Um, But I think that's more affected his value, which we had down as a seven. And I've upped that to a 9, and and reading it now, I think we could maybe even put that at a 10. The amount of money that we would get for Somerville this summer if we sold him now would be really, really high. Um, so I, I actually think that one should be a 10. Um, but the the on-field stuff, I, w- I would maybe keep it a 7 because he's had an impact and he's kicked on, and that's really good, especially for his valuation. But like he also like kind of went through a bit of a hot patch, like a hot streak in the middle of the season. And then I wouldn't say he was poor after that, but he just wasn't as effective and wasn't like contributing quite as often in the second half of the season. And that's why I would maybe say, just keep it at a 7. I don't know what you two think.
0: I agree with the 7. And, Abby, I'd agree with putting it to a 10 as well. What about you, Martin?
1: Yeah, I'd agree with both of Um 7 seems like a fair amount. Um, maybe some people may say a little bit higher, but I think 7 is about right. Um, like Adam said there, he ha- had a, like a purple patch um, towards the middle of the season, around about the time when Jesse Marsh should have been sacked. Um, that was when he was at his best, and probably saved Jesse Marsh's job. <laughs>
2: uh, so put the, yeah. put the score right down to a two. Yeah. saved Jesse yeah. Marsh's
1: job some value down off, to a two.
0: Off-field success, like low, because of what he did to Victor Orta <laughs> and Radrizzani. Um, yeah. Cool. We'll move on to the next player then. So Martin, you, who you got next?
1: I have the lovely, enigmatic, cowardly. Some would say <laughs> Diego. Diego <laughs> Lorente. Uh, so the. Fee for him was undisclosed. I want to say it's around 10 million, 11 million. I'm close with that. I've got
0: 11 or 12 in my head.
1: Yeah, I think that's about right. Loan to Roma for the second year running. Um, So originally we gave him a four for his value for money. And I've put down four, but I'm thinking about dropping it further, to be honest now. Obviously, the other ratings, I think I'm going to drop it down to a three um, just because of the fee that we paid. And yeah. I don't think we've got a right lot of value for that. We're putting him out on loan two seasons running. And, and
0: we renewed his contract to, to <laughs> attain his value.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's worked a treat. It really did. And his on-field success was originally a six, and I've dropped it down to a five. Um, so, yeah, I could maybe I've gone a bit lower than that. That was one which i considered giving a four, but I settled on a five to not be too harsh to, to Diego. He gets a lot of... Jokes made at his expense, um, but yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't say anything because he is so cowardly.
0: Adam, what about what are your thoughts on Diego Llorente? Nothing to add, nothing to Perfect. add. Cool. So, we're we dropping that to a free for value for money, or we're we sticking it at a four?
1: Put a free, yeah. You
0: can you can do if you want, three, like he's sodded. obviously going on loan. <laughs> I'm up next, then. So, this is one that doesn't need a lot of discussion, it's more to sort of round it off nicely. So, uh, Rafinha, undisclosed fee, I've got about I've twenty million in my head. Seventeen
1: eighteen, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, about
0: Seventeen eighteen, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And when we when we did these ratings originally, so we gave him a ten for on unf- unfield success and a ten for value for money, and the reason was for that was because we thought we'd get a massive fee for him. We later sold him for fifty million, I believe that's what I've got off trend. Fifty, fifty five ish. Yeah, so yeah, like um that. I've got no reason to change those ratings, so
2: I will move on to the next player, um, which is you, Adam. Yeah, we, Sam Greenwood was the next one. We signed him from Arsenal for about 1.567-ish million, I believe. Um, so I have given him a seven for value for money because it's kind of like one of those just like small fees. He was actually a really, really good player in our uh, under-23 squad for a while and, and was one of the key players. So that's quite good. And obviously he has like developed somewhat since we had him into more of a midfield role and stuff like that. So you kind of have to say that we'd probably be able to sell him for like a little bit more than what we've bought him for right now. I wouldn't say it's a massive amount, but that's why I've given him a seven. Um, And so far I would give him a five for his on-field success because I think other players have maybe developed better than him that kind of came in around the same time so your Cody Drummers, your girl hearts have definitely improved more and have had more success for either us or other clubs that they've gone on loan to the fact that he's not had a loan probably affects both these scores in my opinion a little bit because I think he would have he would have probably developed better if he had done so i don't think i can give him too much more than that obviously if you you could argue um you could argue that um his on field score could be a little bit higher because we're not really like expecting much from him um, more than what he's given. So, you know, that goal against Bournemouth was pretty good. Oh, uh, you could give him a 6 just from that. Martin, what, you, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think I'd maybe increase his on-field success a little bit more than a 5. I think I'd, I'd go with 6 as well. Um, I, th- I think because I don't think a lot was expected from him and I think he did contribute pretty well. I don't think many people saw him having many minutes at all and although he, wasn't, he was underwhelming at times, we have to remember that he's not a central midfielder. He is definitely not a central midfielder, and he was thrown into there by Marsh, and I don't think that was fair. But yeah, so I think it's slightly higher on that, but I'm fine with the value. I'm that.
0: actually going to disagree with you both, and I'm saying your field success is too high at five. I, th- I think he's been pretty awful, and I know he's like there was no expectations, but like I do not want to see him play central midfield ever again. Um, I just yeah, I think a, a, a six would be very generous for one
2: free kick against Bournemouth. I think that's all he's ever contributed fair. But at the same time, I think like we said earlier, it's kind of relative to each player and like, what did you expect from Greenwood? So I, I don't really want to go much lower yeah, than five. Yeah, I'm happy
0: with a five. I'm happy to put me in the middle, but I'm th- I think a six is very generous for someone that's been pretty awful, even with low expectations. Cool. So that rounds off all the players that were still knocking about the club from the 2020-2021 season. Um, next player then, so um Martin, you, just to make this clear, you've got Jack Harrison, but The reason Jack Harrison comes in at this point is because this is when he was signed permanently and not when he had his loan, so that's why we put him in here
1: rather than earlier on. No, that's fine. I I figured that was the reason. So yeah, Harrison signed for around $11 after we had him on loan for a few seasons before that. Um, The the original uh, rating for his his value of money was an 8.5, and I've upped that slightly to a 9 because I think we're probably going to make... Uh, I think he should probably sell it un- unless he's got any weird clauses in there. Probably about 20 million, which should nearly double the fee that we paid. So I think a nine is fair. And yeah, he's, I also up slightly his on-field success from a seven to an eight. And that's because he's just been consistent and he con- continued that consistency this year. Um, chipping in with some re- pretty important goals this, this season, even though his efforts were for naught in the end. I think he was one of the players who did try quite a fair bit and. His contribution that up slightly. I'm not, I'm not sure. I was unsure on up in that one. That was one part that I wasn't I wasn't sure and I'm not sure if you two agree with that.
2: I'm fine with that um, because of availability reasons. Purely is the, one of the big reasons that I would I would keep that so high. Like he's just like the opposite of Foreshore I guess, in that he's always there and he's yeah. always playing and he's a fairly reliable, consistent output in terms of goals and assists. I think an eight is is kind of fine. Like last season i would say maybe he was our second best player behind rodrigo probably um and again like that availability just really helps him i maybe would just keep the 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 score for value for money at an eight point five. I agree with what you just said. Like we'd probably sell them for a bit more, but I think we said that at the time as well. So like I don't, I don't know if that needs to change. But that's the only thing. I, I think the seven to an eight on the on pitch stuff is is more than fair. I'm I'm happy with Martin's ratings, To be honest, I think we probably did
0: assume that we'd get a profit for him, but I think we're probably getting more money from him than we expected. I don't think the fees that were sort of talked about to go to Leicester and this summer were the fees that we were probably expected from Jack Harrison at the time because his stock's probably risen, well, I think has definitely risen in the last season. I think he's been very good. And I think other Premier League clubs could see that. So I'm I'm quite happy with a name personally.
1: There's kind of been a benchmark set for players like Jack Harrison with Harvey Barnes going to Leicester for 38 million. Yeah. And I know Barnes has been scoring more goals than what Harrison has been and assists some more goal contributions for quite a few years now I think it's five seasons he's been having over 10 goals and assists so yeah but I still think the benchmark has been set a little bit higher than what maybe we could expect unless he's got um, a release clause in his contract which is possible because he did sign an extension so there could be a release clause in there but if it's not a release clause I would I should expect us to get a maybe d- double at least double the fee that we paid for him I think.
0: I'll move on to the next player then so it's Junior Furpo, who was bought for 12.8 million the ratings originally so his on-field success was 4 and his value for money was 4 and i've kept those ratings unchanged as he was still poor last season for his fee apart from that small little run where everyone thought he was well not everyone some some people thought he was on a redemption arc and that that died very quickly so you you guys happy with those ratings or would you change them slightly yeah i agree
2: cool we'll move on then so adam who have you got next my favorite player um Mr. Daniel James. Um, He, we gave a 6-2. I think the reason we did that at the time is because he played a lot for us that season, even if he hadn't contributed that well. It was just like he was at least a player that was available and able to play a lot of minutes. I've dropped it down to a 5 because since then he's not obviously done much for us. He's gone elsewhere. And um, based on the fact he's gone elsewhere, I've decreased the value for money from a 3 to a 2. We signed him for £25 million We wouldn't make anywhere near that much. We will never make our money back on him. And the Fulham loan didn't work out and has not increased his value at all. So I don't think you can give him like the same score, really. I think it has to come down, which is obviously rubbish for us. But we're never, ever going to make any kind of decent money back on him. I think if we'd sold him last summer, um, I think we might have got more than what we'd get now. I think if we tried to sell him now, it would be pretty much nothing. It wouldn't be very much at all. and. It's just, yeah, it, it seems like he'll probably stay. And if anything, that might help us in terms of like increasing his value a little bit more just by playing for us in the Championship for a full season. I'd agree with all that. What about you, Martin?
1: I would agree on that. Nothing to add on that. Cool.
2: So that wraps up kind of
0: where we were at with players from our previous pod, um, which just take a long time to do. So um, if you're still with us, we're going to move on to the new players now. So um, we're on to the 22... 22- the interesting the, Yeah, bit. see yeah. if our conclusion was right. It was the 2022 2023 <laughs> season. So, first up, Martin, who have you got?
1: The American Wonder Oi and Brendan Aronson. Um, we signed him for 28 million. Oh, Christ, and because of that, and I've given him a free um value of money because 28 million is an astonishing fee for Brendan Aronson, who wasn't really contributing loads in the Austrian. Bundesliga, (laughs) we paid that much for him, he seems mad now. Um, So yeah, free for his on-field success, and I've been probably a bit bit more generous for his on-field success because I gave him a six. That's mainly down to his availability, that he's always been available to play, and I think he did put effort in, uh, even though he was underwhelming at times. I do think there is still a player there, I think, and I think he's, he's still quite young. I think the six is roundabout fair, Maybe I could have dropped it to a five, but I think just purely based on his availability and effort, give him a six. Maybe his value for money could go up slightly if we manage to recoup a fee for him, because he's only on loan. So if we do go back to the Premier League, he'll come back to us. And if he, if he does well on loan um, at, is it Union Berlin he went to? Yeah, I think. Yeah. And so if, if he does well in, in Bundesliga, which I think will suit him, I think Bundesliga will suit his skill set more than the Premier League. So he could develop well there. So if he does, we could end up seeing recruiting some of the fee, but for now, I'll leave that out of free.
2: I think I agree with the value-friendly score right now, and I'm hoping the Bundesliga alone does maybe up that slightly for us. You could, yeah, I kind of agreed exactly what you said there about his on-field success, five or six. Um, not a successful signing, but yeah, maybe lean to a five, to be honest, because we're probably hoping for more for the amount of money we be paid. Uh, we're probably hoping for more goals and assists, even though that's not really like his game in totality. He's sort of like still an attack minded player who you'd wanted more than what we got in terms of goal contributions out of him. Um, so maybe go to a five for that. But the rest, I agree with. I would also said. go to a five on that, but I do agree with the other one. Move to a five then. Uh,
0: next player. So this is me. And it's Rasmus Christensen, who we bought for £11 million and he's. Out on loan at Roma, he might could he come back potentially? Um, I put his on-field success as a four because I just thought he was rubbish. Apart <laughs> like, but like not horrendously rubbish, I'd, I'd say. Um, and I put his value money a uh, three because he was rubbish, but like eleven millions not like <laughs> loads of money for a rubbish player. Um, it's just like he's like not the worst sign of the bunch, but like it's just rubbish. Like It doesn't do anything for me at all. Um, I've, on my comments, I've just put poor performances and haven't made any money back on as left on loan. So that's why I've gone for those ratings.
2: Either of you guys, any thoughts on Rasmus Christensen's ratings? I would I would up the value for money because it's, like, it's not that much. It's 10, 11 million, something like that. I'd, like Obviously, if we were to, we would have sold him this summer instead. I don't think we'd have made anywhere near that. But we'd have still got... A fee for him. Um, I think three is quite low. The only reason I say is because I'm like looking at it next to Aronson. Aronson got a three and he was 28 million. Christensen got a three and he was like 11 million. So maybe maybe he should be at least a four, if not even a I'd I'd be pushing for a five there. And I really can't believe I'm trying to defend Rasmus Christensen in some way, but yeah, four or five because it's kind of like a low risk fee for a Premier League player. Like those sorts of fees are the are the sort of fees you pay for like squad players in the Premier League at these days. Yeah. So you could definitely I agree uh, with that. I'm happy to agree with that. What about you, Martin?
1: Yeah, I'd agree with what Adam said there. I think the value for money should be upped, um, because it's not a very high high fee. And yeah. Everything uh, what Adam said, really, I agreed with.
2: Four or five, four point five, me in the middle. Cool. Um, I've got yep. Mark Rocker next, who cost. This was quite hard. I thought um, cost us ten million. I gave that score. I was um in an arm between a seven and an eight, and the reason again is kind of like for a midfielder who's played for Bayern Munich, who had a really good reputation at Espanol as well. I don't think is a lot. I thought we got quite a good deal there. Um, he's probably not even lost value based on last season, even though he wasn't like incredible, and has definitely not gone up in value. I think that the reported fees being like banded about for him to have an option to buy um, for Real Betis were around the top ten, eleven million marks, so probably breaking even. So I don't think he's lost value, but yeah, I was kind of between a seven and an eight. So I'll I'll defer to you to to kind of assess that in a second, and then um, I've given his. Um, you know, on the pitch, success so far a seven. Again, some people might think that's quite high, but in terms of what we expected from him, he was probably you know, especially in the earliest parts of the season, quite good for us. And I think for the amount we paid, that's that's kind of fair. I think, but it it was a hard one because he's now obviously gone on loan, and that hopefully will at least retain his value, if not up it slightly. If he's playing for a team that's not going to be in any kind of trouble, who are going to possess the ball a bit better, and maybe maybe people will see more upside to him and go, you know what, he's actually quite a good player. Um, But I I found this one really, really tough because, yeah, we'll come on to Adams in a minute, but I was kind of like doing them as a pair almost. It was really, really difficult. Martin?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with the ratings Adams given, to be honest. Um, The the on-field success being a seven, I think you have to remember the role that he was playing in Jesse Marsh's side as being a ball-progressor. His stats for ball-progression were amongst the uh, best in the league at one point in the season so I think just purely based on that it's a subjective thing though with with Mike Rocker and there's been quite a lot of arguments and discussions about him in the Discord including a, a certain, lots of numbers <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah so I can see why some people would probably go a, a 4 or a 5 because they just hated him but I like him so yeah I'd be happy to agree to the 7 and 8 for the value for money
0: Subject is a very diplomatic way of of uh, framing that, Martin. <laughs>
2: um, I also I think you've got those right spot on, Adam. I, I completely agree. Sir. Uh, this was the hardest one. I thought uh, I just couldn't I couldn't work it out. But yeah, I'm glad you both agree, Martin. Then who have you got next?
1: I've got Mark Rocker's midfield partner, Tyler Adams. So 15 million we paid for him um, from Abbey Leipzig, and I was kind of um the iron of this, one. I think maybe I've gone a little bit low. Um... I think I'm going to up this. Actually, I'm going to. I, put, I originally put a six, but I'm going to put a seven um, because I don't think that's a very big fee for the player that we ended up getting. And I still think we can recruit a decent fee for him if we do end up selling him. I think it will be more than what we paid for him. So maybe even up it to an eight, but that, that could be something which you two may um, to say. But for his on-field success, I've given him an eight as well for the role that he was asked to do in Jesse March's side. Was as a ball winner, I think he was excellent at that and he's been one of our most consistent players when he was playing. Um, he may not have been great on the ball, but I think for the stuff that you wanted Adams to do, he was very good at it. And for, for most of the season, he was available. And then it's just towards the end of the season where that sort of, that, that messed it up for him, I think. And it would have been a pretty much perfect season for him if it hadn't been for that injury, I think. But yeah, I'll, I'll show what you two, I think.
0: I'd, I'd agree to put him up to an eighth for value for money, and I'm quite happy with the eighth run for unf- unf- success. What about you, Adam?
2: Yeah, I'm saying. Nice
0: one. Let's do that then. Um, the the gap is me updating the spreadsheet. By the way, if the, if this it comes through in the edit, the the gap is me just putting the spreadsheet for the thread. Um, next one, then I found this one quite difficult as well. Uh, so it's Sinistera. So we bought him for twenty one million. I put on field success as like seven and a half because he's really good. He just wasn't really fit. Um, and the value for money I put as a seven and. I really don't know what to make of that because, again, like, is on-field success is one thing. The fee is like pretty nominal for that player, and you just—I think—I don't know if he's like going on He's leaving. We could get a good feedback from him. It's like I think this is one that needs more time before it's assessing. But at the moment, I'm just going to go for a seven because I think he's probably playing it a bit safe. So I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to think on this
2: one. I think. I would personally say he played 22 games last season, got seven goals and one assist, so he contributed to eight goals in 22 games. Lots of that coming back from injury or stopping and starting. I know the injuries like knock his rating down for on-field success, but I I think that that should be like at least an eight because when he was available, he was really good. It's kind of like the four-shot thing. We gave him a nine. Um and he's not played loads, but when he has, he's a really good contributor. And yeah, I think Sinistera needs to be at least an eight, maybe even go eight point five. But the value for money is difficult, and I agree with you. Um, because if we sold him tomorrow, would we make a bit of money on him? Maybe, or would we not? Because of his injuries and and all that, I'm not sure. Um, but 21 million for how good he's been, I think that definitely deserves at least a seven. I would just up the on field thing a I'm little. I'm happy bit. to go to an eight on that one. I think good reason on that. What about you, Martin?
1: I think for the on-field success, I'd go nine because when he was available, he was easily our best player um, um, last uh, last season. Yeah, I think he was just fantastic. I really enjoyed Cintare and yeah, and I would maybe it's a hard one for the for the um, value for money part. I think, and I can see why Taldo was. Not sure what to put for this. I'd maybe drop it slightly to a six point five, and that's mainly because of how often he was available. If you take it, if if you look to one side, what we could get for him, we don't know if we're going to get any money for him at the moment. We don't know what his, his um, injury record is going to be like for the coming season. He could have, have another injury torn season, and then he, that could go down even further. But I think for what we got out of him for twenty one million, I think six point five seven is around fair. So I'd be happy to keep it at a seven.
2: Next player, then Adam. Uh Joel Robles signed for free, left for free, end of contract. He's gone to sign for a second tier side in Saudi Arabia. Um I gave his on field success a four because he played, like, I think it was seven or eight games off the top of my head. I can't remember exactly, but something like that for us, so I can't really give him a very high rating and he did ship a lot of goals at the end of that season. Not his fault, obviously, but he he did and we've been relegated. He's not stayed, so I can't really give him much more than that. But I gave his like um value for money and eight. I actually think he's probably one of the best backup goalkeepers we've had in a long time really um, the reason that I've given it that high is because I don't imagine his wages were ridiculous and he was a free agent like signing so I can't really say like it's a, a bad signing and, and, and that it matters that he's left for free either it doesn't, it doesn't matter does it like he, he just came in he earned a wage he was a decent backup goalkeeper and did alright I'm happy with that what about you Martin
1: yep I agree happy with those scores next player for you then Martin uh, my guy is uh, Wilfred Nonto. So we signed him for f- around four to five million, I think it was. And I've given for that the a uh, 10 for value for money because that is just f- phenomenal value for money for an Italian international. And yeah, so definitely a 10 for me. And then for the on field success, I gave him an eight. And I was contemplating dropping it down a little bit from an eight to a seven, but he was phenomenal when he was at his best. And I think the changing manager really didn't help him, and I'm not sure why he wasn't picked more than what he was. I think he should probably have played a lot more games towards the end of the season. We don't know what's gone in the background, of course, was rumbling about possible attitude problems and training problems, so we don't know what's behind that, but I settled on an 8 for his on-field.
2: Adam? I completely agree with the value for money per 10, and I think you said 7 or 8 for on-field stuff. I'd agree with that, 7 or an 8, either of those. I'd, I'd
1: agree with the 8,
0: because I think, if we say, like, relative to what we thought, I think he was Well, but well better than we thought when we we initially signed him um, full out. So I think relative to expectations and because he'd like had that drop off, I think it's very fair. I'm very happy with that. Cool. So we've got three players left. I'm sure you're all glad to hear if you're still with us. So um, I'm up next and I've got Werber. So it's a 10 million fee. I put the on-field success at a seven because I thought he was fairly solid. I wasn't as big on him as a lot of people was, but I I couldn't really fault him. Uh, as well a lot of the time and i put um value for money as a seven and a half because um like you said like sort of for that fee good signing very solid but i think i'd probably reserve like an eight for someone that probably shown a bit more on the pitch and maybe had a bit more resale about him Uh, so that's why i went for a seven and a half Uh, adam
2: you agree with that I go seven seven. Main reason being that like I don't think we'll make any money on him this summer, so like it's just like a a decent signing for a okay fee. And it's not really got much resale value, like you say, so I'd just go seven seven. But I agree with I all did, your other reasonings.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with seven seven as well for both of those ratings. Let's go with that then. Your last player, then, Adam. Who've you got?
2: This one's maybe it's not the hardest one. It's just like it's probably the most interesting one when we're talking about Victor Orta because I think it's kind of a uh, being his last signing, I think it was as well, it it sums him up and it sums up his time really. Um because we got Jorginho Ruta for a fee of around I think it was like twenty four, twenty five million and then the add ons could have taken it up to like record fee sort of thing around the thirty five mark. Obviously he's not gonna have hit a lot of those because we've been relegated and he's not really contributed much. I think he got one assist, no goals. Um this one is such a remains to be seen but at the moment you can't help but give low scores and the reason for that is not Routier's fault it's literally just a piece of poor recruitment at the wrong time that we didn't need and and that's the problem like he's a project player whose value should go up quite a lot in years to come but right now you can't help but give it a 1 because he's a club record fee that made zero impact you have to give him a 1 or a 2 in my opinion I don't think you can go higher than that Um, if you you pay that sort of money you need a, a player that will instantly improve your starting 11 not be a A project player that that's probably slightly better on the on the wing instead of up front as well um and so on field success I also I gave him a two for that because he obviously had like some minutes but it wasn't very many so I can't give him more than that and when he did play didn't didn't do much other than one assist that feels a bit low I could maybe have gone for a three for that but you you needed that striker that was just going to come in and replace Bamford as the starting guy and we might have stayed up if we'd done that and there were options out there that were worth less than Ruter who we decided not to go for and instead went for him and he was just the wrong player at the wrong time and that's why I've given low scores but it feels really harsh because I actually really like him as a player and I hope that he kicks on now and I'm really hoping that that value for money score can go up quite a lot Um where we get to a point where maybe if we get promoted next season in the championship and he's a star for us and then we go up to the Premier League and he has a good season there. We actually could be looking at him being worth more than what we actually paid for him, but right now that's so difficult to say and we, we don't know and we don't know what the future holds. Martin, would you agree with Adam?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one his uh because I, I love the player. I've probably watched him more than most people on this pod because I've watched a good uh, s- s- seven or eight games of him before and when he's at Hoffenheim and we just haven't seen what he can do, but yeah, these ratings that Adam gave, I think, are about fair because of the amount of money that we paid for him and how little minutes we got f- f- out of him for that fee. That's not his fault. He should have been given more, more minutes. Definitely should have been given more minutes, but it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with those ratings too. So um, I will move on to the last player now, and this is a player I forgot to put on the running order when Aaron really did it because his time at Leeds was so forgettable. So um, <laughs> this player is Weston McKenney, who we signed on loan. And because I only thought about this about five minutes ago, I'm going to say his on-field success is a two because he was pretty rubbish. Apart from he had a really long throw. And I put his value for money at a five because whilst he was rubbish, it was a loan, so it probably didn't cost us a great deal of money. Um, Martin, what are your thoughts on, on McKenney's ratings?
1: I disagree with the on-field success. I, I rated him higher than what some people did. Um, I think people lumped a lot of our feelings onto him. Um, but I don't think he was as bad as people people made out he was. Um, I'm not going to say he was an amazing player, but I think two is harsh. I think maybe just average five. It is harsh, to be fair, uh, yeah. but I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think about five would, I think, would be fair for his on-field on- success because he, wa- he was always available. He, pu- he played a fair amount of minutes and he was playing in uh, a position which didn't really suit him and he did play a fair bit in that position. So I think around five or maybe four would be fair about the value for money what we'll I argue with is a loan so put that a five you can't really say better than that
2: if we were taking into account the value for money um, in terms of what we could have paid for him which was about 30 million then it would be a lot lower but obviously we luckily didn't have to do that um, I would give him I think I would give him a four maybe for the on field stuff mainly because of his availability more than anything that's what I hated at about him he was like, available and was on the pitch <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think some of us came in with expectations that this wasn't as good as a lot of the fan base were trying to make out. Would he have worked better in maybe another role? Probably, but we will never know that. And he played in a holding midfield role. Didn't suit him. He was poor on the ball. He looked unfit a lot of the time, even though he was playing a lot of minutes. Um and I can't give more than a four for a guy who many fans liked to remind us that was coming from Juventus and had played in the Champions League and had loads of caps for the USA, so he must be good. And then he really, really wasn't. Like I, I would say that the couple of appearances we got at the end of last season from Adam Forshaw were probably more impressive than most of McKenney's bar, maybe a couple like the one against Forrest, he was pretty good, but there weren't very, very many at all. And and I don't think you can give him more than like a four. <laughs> so,
0: I'm um, I think a four is fair. I think two is harsh, but I just, yeah, like I said, I absolutely hate, hate him. him. <laughs> I would never want to see him ever again on a football pitch where I'm supporting that team. Um, but cool, that wraps up all the players for Victor Orta's time at Leeds United then. So that's that's probably about three hours worth of pod in total with the first one as well. So a bit of a slog, um, but I think it's worth doing. And just glad now that we don't have to think about Victor Orta ever again. Uh, like I said, I will try and sort of put these ratings together with the ones we did last year and sort of do an overall summary on on Twitter in a thread of like each season, the profit or loss um, and just sort of I'll put that out with the pod and I'll also put in the last year's pod and last year's article all in one place for you all to um, enjoy if that's what you want to do so next week we will be moving into season preview mode because it's very close now, we'll be doing our under over pod as usual the plan is for Jacob to be on at the moment. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to do it because he's the guy that's won it twice as defending champion. So I think it'd be quite nice if one of us couldn't um, beat him this year because he had a, he had a very smug face on the, the pod when we did it um, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, we've also got a couple of exciting things happening at All Stats in, in the next week or 10 days. So keep your eyes on Twitter for that one. I'm not going to say any more at the moment. But what
2: I will say is thank you to Martin. Thank you. And thank you to Adam. Thank you. I think we can conclude that it was a bit of a mixed bag, but the last season signings were maybe not what we needed. Probably needed some more.
0: Definitely. And I'll say thank you to all to listening. If you're still here have made it through this um, long pod, and we'll speak to you soon.
2: Bye.